Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles Live. I'm your host, Max, and right there, you've got Drake, and today is day one of the offseason. Unfortunately, we were hoping to have 15 more practices, three more weeks, and one more football game, but men plan, God laughs, just like me when I ended up with my pod for the move showing up a week after I got in the house, but hey, I got my command center, first time coming to you guys from Marietta, Georgia. We are your favorite daily FSU podcast five days a week. Follow me on social media at MaxMoody17, him at Tally Drake. If you're listening on the podcast, it's Tally underscore underscore Drake. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you guys follow. We pop up in your queue every day, Monday through Friday. Got a lot of good off-season content for you. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the like button. Subscribe, hit the little bell at, top, at the top to get notifications for when we go live, like we are right now. Because sometimes you get some funny outtakes, or you just get to see it as it's happening. There's a lot of benefits to it. But however you listen, whatever you choose to do in response to what I just said, thank you for being here all season, and we look forward to a very, very fun offseason with you. We've got a great show today. We are going to talk about The reality, right? We're going to look at new coaching hires in Gainesville, new coaching hires and promises of large sums of money in Miami. And we're going to talk about, is FSU getting lapped? Are we falling farther and farther behind on a daily basis? Or is this just as the former Miami head coach said, fake momentum? Then we're going to look at the transfer portal. I'm sure that's what y'all all want to talk about too. Transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal, guys going out, guys coming in. And we got a new coach on the permanent coaching staff. Well, <laughs> coaching staffs are never permanent, but on the on-the-field coaching staff. He coached at Miami, he coached at UF, and now he's coaching for the Florida State Seminoles. But Drizzy, let's get these people a cool little video, and let's dive into the show, man. I'm ready to rock. By the way, it's watching YouTube, not listening. What did I say? Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're right, it is watching on YouTube, but if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you also listen, because God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So let's teach these folks something. Our goal every day as rabid Florida State fans who've now been covering the team for hard to believe a year and a half is to help you leave feeling a little more educated about the team you love than when you walked in. Now, Drake, let me just ask you real quick, how you doing? We got so much to talk about today, so I've been trying to throw it all at the people, but I want to know about you as the person first. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm actually getting ready to, well, we both are getting ready right now to celebrate one of our boys, you know, making the walk down the aisle. Shout out Camcast, the number one listener to this podcast each and every single day. We got the wedding on Saturday. We'll be, I'll be up in St. Augustine like a, kind of a few days early to make sure our, our boy Coog has the, the thickness ready for my, uh, my suit coming in. So uh, I am stoked, but I'm more so to talk about some FSU football. Yeah, man, I am looking forward to it. I got my best man speech written. I'm ready to rock and roll. And by written, I mean, you know, I've got a, I've got a vague outline, so. Be prepared. So you guys may be thinking, hey, Max, why did you just ask, is Florida State getting lapped? Why why would you say that? Didn't we beat Miami on the field this year and have a really close yet ugly game with Florida? And what could be going on? Well, if you haven't been paying attention, Florida got rid of Dopey Dan. Dopey Dan and the girls were told to pack their bags 
and never returned to Gainesville. I mean, they, they could legally, but if you didn't work there, why would you ever want to return to Gainesville? And then the weirdest thing ever happened at Miami. I mean, it was, it, it was so Miami, it was almost unbelievable. They conducted an active coaching search that everyone knew about with no athletic director while they still had a head coach not only on staff, but doing his best on the recruiting trail to try to get them better than the 55th best class overall. He, he didn't succeed. He got fired, and they hired none other than Mario Cristobal. If you want to know more about these guys, well, give you the quick rundown. Billy Napier, head coach at Florida. He is 40-12 and 12 as a head coach, two-time Sun Belt champion. Started his career at Clemson. Well, he went to Furman, played football. Started as a G at Clemson, did some time at South Carolina State, came back to Clemson from 2006 to 2010, spent a year at Alabama, year at Colorado State. He actually coached tight ends on the Florida State National Championship team in 2013. We had pretty good tight ends that year. Um, he was here for a month, though. Yeah, whatever. He did his yeah. best. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, there's some overlap. Yeah, I think Randy Sanders actually replaced him. It sounds right. Either way, he went to Alabama. He was there for three years as the wide receivers coach. Uh, anyway, he ended up at Louisiana Lafayette. Look, I'm not going to lie to y'all and say what he's done, what he did at Louisiana Lafayette wasn't impressive. It's a school that sucks at football most years. And he, again, was 40 and 12 as their head coach. Um, the criticisms of him as a coach are, he was a really good recruiter for what ULL is used to. And he probably should have won a lot of those games by a lot more. Kind of what I say about Deion Sanders at Jackson State. It's like when you're getting those recruiting classes at those schools, you shouldn't be losing two or three games, right? A, a 10 and three record's not enough. Like you should be winning every game. I don't know how I feel about that. Drake, what's, what are your, kind of your thoughts on this dude? So I had a friend of mine actually that got recruited to ULL. Um, I think he was there. The, the, his last year was the first year for Napier. And all you can hear about like he's really good with the players. He's actually really good on the recruiting trail. He also was able to hold his own in Louisiana primarily because he had to recruit against Louisiana state for some of those fringe three-star players like that. At least who kind of like had the foundation for their class. So that's something that you always see out and the coaching thing. That's kind of where I'm kind of with you in the same thing, primarily because I think Florida basically traded. They did flip-flops where Mullen was like elite at X's and O's and offense. He didn't care for recruiting. I have yeah. the opposite with Napier where Napier is very, very damn good at recruiting. But his X's and O's leaves a lot to be desired. Doesn't capitalize on that. That's why you had to look. To me, I would be more focused on actually who is in his staff. Like Corey Raymond, I know is an excellent recruiter. To me, he's the younger version of Odell. He's been in Louisiana forever. He recruits really well and is really good with DBs. And then I think Frank, not Frank Wilson. I think they're bringing possibly Jawan Sider, who's the running backs coach actually at Penn State currently, who is another elite recruiter and a very good running backs coach. So I kind of want to see who actually he finalizes his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator stuff before I kind of like give a final grade on it. But for right now, it's he's an interesting hire, but it's going to be definitely a take some time approach. And I don't know if Florida fans have the patience to actually wait to see, to reap what they saw. It, I'll say this, because the central theme of this is not necessarily going to be a Napier and Cristobal breakdown, because we'll get to that later. We have all offseason to do that. Um, I, I, I want to get it a narrative attacking here. You know, again, you go on these message boards – Pick your poison, whichever one you prefer. Go on Twitter. You would think that Florida State just announced we were going back to an all-females college, 
and all booster funds would be donated directly to softball and women's soccer and women's basketball, and we'd totally disband the football team. And Miami just built a brand new stadium right next to campus and with great facilities and hired Nick Saban. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous and like, guys, pump the brakes, take a chill pill, take a breath. They're paying this guy $7.1 million a year. We're paying Mike four or four, what, four no, 3. 3. 7, like 5, even less. 3.75. Okay. 3.75. It's right around four. What are we paying Willie not to coach? Three and a half, five. Okay. So we're paying our head coach. million a year. It's just split across two people right now. So the analogy I use for that is if you have a student loan that's $2,000 a month and you have a mortgage that's $2,000 a month, well, when you pay off that student loan, be a hell of a student loan, but when you pay off that student loan, you're probably not thinking, oh, good, I'm going to go buy more clothes. I'm going to go just watch my bank account accumulate you're probably thinking, honey, you know, we've been paying $4,000 a month on a, on a fixed basis anyway. Why don't we go buy a $3,500 a month house, which is a much nicer house than the one we're currently living in. So I would say keep that in mind when you're worried about where we're at head coach wise and the money that Miami and Florida just spent is we got a pretty big windfall coming in two years, I believe, when we stop, we pay Taggart next year and then one more. Yep, exactly. And then we're done. And uh, I don't know if you guys are doing any math out there, but that coincides with almost right at the end of Mike Norvell's first contract, short one year. So basically, we stopped paying Taggart. Mike gets one more year. And look, if he's not performing, I wouldn't be surprised if we say, hey, let's go get an $8 million head coach. And that being said, I do want to address what happened in Miami. And Drake, I want to give you more time to talk. But I also need to tell the folks about a couple of our, couple of our best friends, the people that we really can't survive without. And that's NetSuites. Guys, we have to know how our business is running. Yeah, Locked On Seminoles is a business. We got to pay taxes. We get a little bit of cash here and there. And if you're trying to do business and you don't know the analytics that are driving your business, you're not going to be successful. So you need the right program. You need the right ERPs that are going to make it so you can go be successful out at whatever it is you do and not have to spend all your time crunching these numbers and figuring out what the different drivers and levers are and things like that. NetSuite is a high-powered cloud financial system Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. So if you're ready to have your business go from zero to hero, go to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. And when you're done with that, let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. If you haven't been to a Super Bowl, it is incredible. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, Akbar, and more. Sorry, guys. I just, nope. Plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit 
on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location and treat yourself to a hell of an experience this year. Gosh, dude, I, I will say that is, I'm not even a pro football guy, and that's a big bucket list item for me is the Super Bowl. Um, my old boss, as you guys may or may not know, because probably don't pay that much attention to my ramblings, he, his family is, was very connected in the NFL, so he's been to a dozen of them, and it just sounds awesome. So I want to go. But, Drake, what do you, I gave my opinion on, on the salary thing. What do you say to the opinion that, like, we're getting passed, we're getting lapped, we're, we're screwed type deal? Uh, I muted myself for a second there. That's the problem with my little mixer in front of me. No, um, I wouldn't say that we're screwed. Um, I do think, however, that this is going to be a very important time for boosters, alumni, admin, and the program as a whole to kind of like look at themselves like, okay, how serious do we actually want to be about winning football games or being competitive athletically as a whole? Because we kind of have had this mom and pop shop mentality going into, you know, since the 90s. And it's kind of rears ugly head. There's a reason why, you know, Jimbo left among many reasons. One of them was the not the full not not the full financial commitment actually to the football program. We're still waiting, you know, on an FOF to be built for one thing. We also are seeing it right now where I know Billy Napier was, you know, U.S. first choice. That's surprising to me, but everyone knows, you know, aside from what Coburn said at the first press conference, that Mike Norvell was not the first choice. Pretty sure he was maybe number four, number five down the list. And you see right now where salaries are rising for, you know, head coaches, you know, Brian Kelly with eight, Lincoln Riley with 10. I'm not saying that we're going to be, you know, spend that. In fact, I personally think that two out, of, two out of those, I think four or five coaches that just got hired, we're going to fall, gonna fall flat on their face and probably bring salaries down a little bit. But you're starting to see now where we kind of have to put our money where our mouth is. If we want to be a blue blood that competes nationally year in, year out, we need to look ourselves like see how committed actually are we to the process of building a competitive and strong national national style contending football team. So that's kind of like where I'm at. Not panicking, but I think we need to do a little bit of uh, introspection. Yeah, I'm going to say something that's not going to be super popular, and we don't need to do anything. The athletic department really doesn't need to do anything. The people listening to this need to do something. Mm-hmm. It is a function of our booster program. It's that simple. We raise. I think we're starting to get up to that 10,000 person in the annual fund level. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're at like 9,500. Virginia Tech has 25,000 people that annually give. Two and a half times what we have people-wise, Virginia Tech, that, that's them. They've never won a championship. So I, I think I get frustrated with our fan base because, yeah, we don't have an IPF, indoor practice facility, for those of you listening at home. Yeah, we don't have the resources that USC has where they can go get Lincoln Riley for $10 million a year while they're still paying, I believe, two buyouts. Uh, no, because Sark's got Texas took Sark's over. We don't have the resources that Texas A&M has. But that's not like the athletic department. Some of it, don't get me wrong, we decided to care about other sports, but that's not them actively shunning money. That's that Miami, by the way, the reason Mario Cristobal is making the money he's making at $8 million a year is because three reasons. Two of them are people whose net worth is over a billion dollars that would only give that money if Mario Cristobal was the head coach there because that's what happens when you go to Christopher Columbus High School. You just know people like that. We don't have that, Mike Norvell. Number three is the UM, the UM health system has made a killing during COVID. It already made a lot of money. 
Yeah, it's already making a lot, a lot of money. It's I a great. Tell you, yeah, yeah. My mom's been. My mom's worked down here in the healthcare system. You know, for thirty years. Like that institution as a whole just makes money like it's nothing. Tons of money. So they have also decided to commingle some of those funds. We don't have a hospital that services the greater Miami area. I'm sorry, we can't do that. What we can do is all go to the boosters and give the minimum of seventy five dollars a year. It doesn't matter that that can't buy a whole lot because it pays for something. And more than that, it's symbolic because people who give a little bit more, I'll just tell you guys, because you're my friends, I, I, for my age, I'm a pretty high level booster. I give a probably a significant amount, what most would consider to the boosters. And um, yeah, and I'm proud of that. It's, it's something I'm really excited to do. It, you know, um, I, I'd like to be able to give five, six, ten thousand $10,000 a year. Not quite there yet, but working my way up. But $75, when we see those numbers rise and the guys I talk to give $25,000, dollars $35,000 a year, see, hey, we got 1,000 new boosters this year. They don't ask, well, how much did each of them give? They just get excited by that number and they write bigger checks. So that's how you're contributing. You're becoming part of the army, right? And you're only as good as the army you have behind you. So that's what I'd say if you say, hey, well, what's good is 75 bucks? It's another name on that booster annual fund list that gets the big donors excited. And Drake, to your point, we aren't putting the resources behind it that these schools are because we don't have them. Didn't mean for that to become a sales pitch for the boosters, but that's the reality of the situation. I no, mean, but you're, you're right though, because like ten thousand, like folks, like ten thousand people giving seventy five seventy five dollars, you know, is is not chump change. That's definitely something that goes, to, you know, to better facilities, better access for these kids, and all that. The one thing I will push back on a little bit, because what's the, been the theme, kind of like you know, over what did we rename our group chat for like about a week and a half, two weeks? Por qué no los dos? Por qué no los dos? For folks who don't know, it's call back to your previous episode. Please check that out. It's basically, whenever my dad is asked, do you want surf and turf, or do you want surf or turf? He's like, por qué no los dos? Why not both? To me, it goes to admin specifically because, also not specifically, it's both. Specifically because if you look at the hirings that they've made internally, you know, before, you know, Michael Offer, before Bruce Warwick, you see kind of like people that should be that are in positions right now that, you know, shouldn't be there or that were at other previous institutions where they kind of failed, but they were hired because they were the cheaper option or whether they were, that was something, you know, that we, you know, didn't feel the full commitment to. So to me, it also goes with admin primarily being, Someone that actually should be there for qualifications, should be there for resume, else should be there because they're given the job because they've earned it, not specifically because of who they know, which was a huge problem that we had for many years. And it's finally, finally looking like it's changing around, starting with Alfred, the Alfred hire. But that's just you know, kind of my end piece on that. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll touch on that in a second. If you haven't seen Michael Alford was hired as the new athletic director of Florida State, there was... You know, it's like, do you use the word rumor anymore? Because it's like things get so confirmed before they even happen. So it's like, yeah, it's a, a rumor, but we're pretty sure the AD at Louisville turned us down. And I think that Michael Alford getting that job because Vince Tyre turned us down is going to be equivalent to, you know, the stories you hear where it's like, ah, oh, I asked this one girl out and she said no. And, you know, that night I met my wife, you know, it's like, I think it's going to be like that. I think you have a really great hire in Michael Alford. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So guys, I, I want to, I, I do want to keep hitting this narrative though, of the sky is falling. We're done. We're not committed. We don't care. We do care. We're about to have a top 10 recruiting class. Possibly you could even work up to number seven or eight of a few things break our way. Miami's going to have the 56th ranked recruiting class. Florida's going to have like maybe 45th. I know the worst now, dude. Right, 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 right. Well, they keep, yeah, everyone's decommitting. We've got Kenny Dillingham flying out to Oregon to talk to wide receivers. All right. We've got him flying really all over the country. We've got Max and 
whatever his brother's name is, Johnson, have basically said, hey, we're a package deal. And it's not just me saying this. It's not just the Nolcast saying this. It's not just 247 saying this. It's now national media is basically like, yeah, well, we know the Johnsons are probably going to Florida State. So uh, there's not really much of a, a point for other schools to get involved in that. Now, I don't know if it's that sealed, but that's really exciting too. My point is the coaches are busting their butt to get this get this organization better and to win more games next year. So I don't think it's really fair to say, hey, all this stuff's going on at Miami. These, these guys have promised so much money, this and that. We're just, we're doing nothing. Don't confuse motion with progress. Don't get so caught up by all this at Miami that you forget to look at the fact that they just paid $8 million. $8 million a year for a head coach who is 62 in 60 as a head coach who was at a school with unlimited resources thanks to Phil Knight. And he did well, but he didn't do any better than other Oregon coaches have done. It's not like he set some new ceiling for Oregon and took him to a championship. He beat Ohio State early on in the season, primarily by, by one score. And if you look at that game, Ohio State fumbled at their own one-yard line to start the game and ate up the first eight minutes of the game. And I guarantee you right now that Ohio State team beats that Oregon team. So calm down. This could end up being a huge blunder for Miami if Cristobal doesn't pan out because he loves Miami. But I, I actually, Drake, you're from down there. And as some people may or may not know, my godfather, uh, I don't mean I'm not in the mafia, my Catholic godfather went to Christopher Columbus <laughs> High School. Um, he's like an older brother to me. So I'm, I'm familiar with that culture a bit. I'm, I'm not part of it. I don't know how well a guy that went to Columbus that's palling around with billionaires is going to be able to sit in the homes you have to sit in to recruit some of these athletes and not come across as like the, you know, the, the example of what part of Dade County those people despise and can't stand. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but there is a risk that this doesn't pan out and they waste a ton of money. From my, so I have a friend of mine that kind of knows Cristobal a little bit with that. It's, he's not your stereotypical, you know, run of the mill, you know, Christopher Columbus kid. Okay. Um, and it's primarily because, you know, his upbringing is one. Two, also, he, you know, is pretty hard-nosed to the grindstone kind of player. I mean, you saw, you know, actually after the press conference, the man literally went straight to the game in the same suit, and I think the next actually flew out of Texas. Like, that man is works hard. He actually pushed the grindstone. And also, because remember, he played at Miami for several years for very good teams. And it's something that actually he can relate to now. So, to me, that's something that recruiting, he's going to be fine. But I think you're right where I need I'm, the, the Mario Cristobal hire – doesn't concern me. In fact, I welcome the U to finally joining college football in 2021 and spending money. Congratulations. You are now step one to actually being competitive and competent football program. However, I need to see actually who they bring on their staff. And that's the only time I'll ever worry about something. Because like Max said, as much as Kane's football Twitter wants to send out that his overall record is 32 is 33 and 15, he's 62 and 60. He did not do particularly well at FIU and couldn't bolt when he got the chance to. Now, he's a different coach since then because he did go to Nick Saban's reformatory school for head coaches that wanted to coach stuff. Uh, was it? How's it go, Max? Coach, it's Nick Saban's school for coaches who can't coach good and want to learn to do other stuff That's good, too. too. Thank you. Uh, also, the face I'm making for those of you going, what's Max looking at? I, I'm sorry. It's not because he's Cuban. It's from looking at him on TV. I didn't realize how big he was. I didn't realize he played he's offensive huge. tackle. I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's football. So it's like he's around so many other large people. You're just like, what 
thought he was probably you an average. Shirt, like, you see the shirt that they gave him uh, actually at the presser? I mean, I saw it was like a youth medium, but I, I didn't realize that like, anyway. I thought they gave um, him Tate Martell's jersey. I'm yeah, joking. No, probably. <laughs> anyway, Jake, I, I hate to catch you off. I think, look, I think those are great points. Folks, we are, we got to discuss the athletic director hire, and I want to discuss Randy Shannon for a bit and do a little bit of looking at like what's going on with our own team. But final thoughts for me putting this to bed, and we're going to probably talk about this all through next week, so don't worry, is to don't worry. Take a breath. Miami is doing a lot right now, yes. Miami has a couple people who have committed a lot of money to this program, but it's behind a guy who we don't know yet, all right? If he wins 12 games next year I'm, and brings in the number five recruiting class, yes, I'm very worried. And yes, I will want us to do more. But right now, deep breath, it's December. We're going to get through this, I promise. So I need to tell you guys about Made in Cookware if you want to get through your kitchen routine with very little stress. Maiden's used in restaurants all over the world. I've got the chef knife. I think Drake probably has the pan or something. I know that Dave has the chef knife. It's really good. I am a huge cook. I love to cook. It is like, I don't do it every night when I'm super busy, but when I get the time to do it, it's like my me time. And nothing ruins my me time more than having a crappy tool. So Maiden has been a game changer. Yes, I know how to sharpen a knife. Yes, I can put a good edge on it. But doing that to a good knife is even better. So go to Made In, like Made In such and such, cookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's right, guys. Madeincookware.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And when you're done with that, well... You may or may not have decided, hey, I just spent a little money. Now I need to go make a little money. And what better way to do that than throwing it all on the ponies? I don't literally mean the ponies. I mean football games or basketball, whatever you're into. Go to betonline.ag. It's got all the lines you need. And make sure you all tune in to our bowl special coming up next week where us and Danny Domino will be picking nothing but winners for you. So go to betonline.ag. Make an account and use promo code locked on, and you will actually get a welcome bonus. If you put in $100, they will match that 100% up to $100. $100 in gets you 200 bucks in the bank. BetOnline.ag. Do it now. Thank me later. Man. All right. So um, let's talk about our team. I think we've put that one to bed. Um, and I really, really want to get into our new hires. And if you guys are not aware, we're live. So there's jokes I can't make and there's things I can't say. But I think I made it very clear during the season how I felt about Chris Marv. I think Chris Marv, and I know this is said, oh, I think he's a great guy. Well, you don't even know him. I, I, by all accounts, he's a great dude. I mean, really, I mean, guy works his butt off. He... Went to he have what like the all time record of tackles at Vanderbilt in the season by like twelve tackles you know I mean he's a very good player he just wasn't getting it done and we don't know if that was the coaching or the players he had on the field but what we did know is he is well the guy we knew in college we called him his name was Kyle he can't close he just can't he gets almost there. And he just can't close. I mean, bro, he's watching this right now. <laughs> good, good. And uh, th- but that was the reality, right? 
couldn't close on the recruiting trail. And uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Anyway, as fates would have it, he is now off to be the defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech. Um, If you guys follow recruiting, we are not the primary outlet to follow that through because it's just not what we spend all our time doing. But Florida State suffered a devastatingly embarrassing loss on the trail at linebacker, a kid by the name of Wesley Besaint, who Drake, I know you were not, I, I don't say you'd marry him, but you were like pretty in love with, I mean, you really liked the kid. I really liked the kid's tape. Um, he was, I thought he was basically like Amari Gaynor, but like better at football and just had kind of that, like that sort of coming out of high school, that prototypical size, speed and strength, but it actually had the football IQ to match it. And we struck out because of things that happened on the recruiting trail. And um, Marv didn't didn't stick with it the way he should have. And uh, he let that one get away. So very, very disappointed to see that. And then he takes a new job. So point being, we've now got Randy Shannon coming in. Drake, tell the folks who this Randy Shannon character is. So before we go into that, I will say that I did not really think that we actually had a full chance with Wesley Bissane, primarily because if you visit Miami eight times before the season starts, and also he's from the Miami Central area, it's very difficult, but I do think that we need to make his move in the right direction because, as Max said, Chris Marv was more of a detriment than an asset actually on the recruiting trail. But Randy Shannon actually, for those of you who don't remember, he actually played at Miami in the early 90s and then you know had a brief stint sorry, in the early 80s. And they had a brief stint with the Cowboys, then was at Grasses in Miami, then coached a little bit more, and then actually was the defensive coordinator in the early to mid-2000s for Miami. Then once Larry Coker actually left, he became the head coach for several years where they were kind of a little hit or miss. It's kind of where I'm in the... That's a nice I'm in, It's a nice way to put it. I mean, he's our new linebacker coach. I'll be a little nicer with him because, you know, he's our guy now. But yeah, That program sucked when he was there, but it wasn't his fault is how I'm going to phrase it. Like, I'm not blaming him, but Coker set him up for failure. But it just was, I mean, he was there really when the wheels fell off, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And if we're going to keep it a bug, it's kind of what I see first of all's error um, happening. But after that, he did go to Florida. He was the linebackers coach there and then DC there as well with recruiting. He actually did a decent enough job that he actually went over to UCF, where my brother, I spoke to him a little bit about it. His, he warned me a little bit. He's like, his first few years of recruiting at UCF. Actually was pretty decent when it came to linebackers and secondary. His primary issue was once his players got a little bit older, he kind of, they kind of have had issues with scheme fit and run fits. So that's something that we've seen, you know, time and time again with our linebacker core the past two years. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see which Shannon we got. And in my personal opinion, I think he's we're going to need Shannon to be more of the the recruiting ace that he was back in the day than actually being, you know, a elite coach. Because I do think Mara, for one thing, he actually did improve. Kalen Deloach and an Rice when he was healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think he was a good coach. What I'm looking up, folks, now, the beauty of doing this live is you get to follow along on our journey and, and see how we do it. I guess, would they have been the ACC then? Probably. Oh, they don't. I can't find it this far back. For um, I was going to try to look up like what his recruiting classes were like as a head coach. But, yeah, he, he, he came out of that um, very much when it was like, Al was it Al Golden or not Al Golden? Um, Larry, Larry Coker. Coker, who was basically told by the players, "Hey, coach, you just take the next twelve games off. We're going to go win a championship. Um, you let us know if you need anything. We'll get you a Gatorade or something. But you just hang out over there." And he was kind of part of that staff. And it's hard to build momentum when you're part of that staff. And when um, certain things in South Florida stopped happening, certain pipelines were cut off, and the recruiting classes stopped being what they were. The wheels fell off Miami. So that's what I mean by he was set up to fail. Um, 
I will say though, I do feel like, and this isn't a criticism because I'm interested to see how he does. I think that he was an analyst. How do I put this? If we had hired him off of the street, I would feel a lot worse about the hire. And here's why. Drake, you know, I've said this a hundred times. I don't really like hiring a guy with that much experience, especially when your head coach is 42 years old, because you wonder like, what's the fit going to be like there? Is he going to be willing to listen to these guys? However, he came in as an analyst is clearly like, Hey, I got to restart. They clearly like him a lot. They trust him. So I don't have that concern. I actually kind of like that he's coached at Miami because recruiting is recruiting is recruiting. You know, people say, Hey, the, the, the logo still carries weight. Look, you got Bobby Bowden right there. These like the recruiting pitch that a given school uses, it doesn't change all that much. Yeah. You can have a playing time pitch one year. You can have this scheme one year, but the, the greater, Hey, this is who you, UM is. This is who UF is. This is who we are. Probably doesn't change all that much. And I kind of like having a guy that's given that pitch now recruiting against that. Um, as for linebackers again, dude, I, I don't know where time will tell. I mean, you can't really judge him off of this year cause he's been in there five minutes mm-hmm. next year. Um, he's, he's got to sign a few really good linebackers to make it worth it in my opinion, and hopefully do a thing or two in the transfer portal. Yeah. What he has to do in my personal opinion, he needs to, Demara Tolan is like a name that you hear out there right now where a linebacker, I think he's committed to LSU currently. I for all accounts, I don't think Brian Kelly is married to a lot of the kids that you know he has committed right now in this class. And I think Shan needs to start with that, making kind of a splash commitment. I don't even care, you know, if it's some random force that we haven't heard of. I think he needs to do that just kind of to build that momentum a little bit. And also, I think we need to close a little bit more on these linebackers that you know actually are in the portal. I think I just saw Jacob Rule, the linebacker from Mississippi State, actually just committed. I want to say the Baylor. Uh, don't call me on that. I'm not 100% sure, but I just need to see him, you know, kind of have that impact moving forward because I think he's br- he's primarily being brought in more. For the recruiting prowess because Marv was the better coach and Marv actually did help out a lot more than I think people understand actually in coordinating schemes towards the end of the year. So that's kind of where I think you get the trade off. Like what we're doing right now is kind of what you see with the Napier Mullen trade off right now, Florida, at the head coaching spot. And that's why he didn't get fired, right? Like Marv, Marv, I don't think would have, yeah, it would have been I don't close, think so. but, but again, it was a happy accident, right? Bob Ross helped us out and he's off to be defensive coordinator. Good I right, wish man. him the best. Thanks, man. Uh, it, you know, I kind of glossed over it. You hit it a little harder. That's the, the transfer portal is an interesting thing because we actually will have a pretty good idea of his recruiting prowess. Like, dude, go go find some linebackers, you know? Talk to Norvell, say, hey, I need X amount of spots and I need to get some linebackers. So we'll see. Uh, the transfer portal is hot right now. Again, folks, I mentioned Max Johnson and his brother. Uh, his brother's not in the transfer portal. He has a tight end commit to LSU who is decommitted from LSU. Jake. So again, we're hoping, Jake, right, thanks. Jake Johnson, JJ. We're hoping that we get that because I think Max Johnson is, um, uh, he's, he, he can be a good quarterback and he is someone where I feel like if Travis beats him for the job, then I'm like, okay, he had to actually beat someone, right? It wasn't him versus Rodemaker. I will talk later in the off season about why I don't necessarily subscribe to the belief that bringing someone in is necessarily the best thing for Jordan. But Jordan has to realize how much how much he misses, right? Like, he gets hurt a lot. He runs a lot. He puts his—I'm not saying he's weak. He just puts his body on the line. It's how he plays, and he doesn't know how to play differently, and that's fine. But we I need mean, someone to go in. Right now with Lamar Jackson, you're seeing it right now with Lamar Jackson and the pros where, like, you know, he still does a slide, but there are times when you're moving, you, you know, you kind of get the extra yard. You get popped, and yep. 
Gordon doesn't have the frame kind of to withstand that over literally five, six times a game for a 12 game season. Cause that, bro, that shit hurts, man. That just, it's yeah. painful. So like that's something he needs to understand. Well, and we saw against Florida, this team cannot function without Jordan Travis. So I think Max, I think Max Johnson gives you a, again, guys, LSU quarterback and go look him up. We'll talk, we'll do a full breakdown on him as the smoke gets a little thicker with him, um, which should be soon because I imagine he'll want to be at his new school in the spring. I can't imagine he'd want to, want to wait another semester it's you know I, I unless he's getting his degree from that highly heralded academic institution um but just like more basically <laughs> um and, and then you know another one to watch out for is micah what's his last name micah Pittman. micah Pittman over oregon receiver very good receiver uh our our guys have been out to see him twice i believe or once to see him and he's making a visit to us Again, the logistics don't matter. That should be a very hot target on the board. And look for more names to emerge. We got National Signing Day next week. We will be covering that relatively in depth. It'll probably be the next week will be the most recruiting heavy week we we do ever until next National Signing Day. But that's kind of going to be the big news. I know we didn't really get to talk about the AD that much today. So we're going to leave you guys hanging out with something more. I told you I love the Michael Alford hire. Um, Drake, I think we should let these listeners get on with their Thursday. Let them go about whatever it is they do, because I think, you know, guys, we just appreciate you listening. I know we spent a little time today or tonight if you were watching the live show, and we hope you keep spending time with us five days a week, every single weekday, making your mornings better and our evenings better because we get to do it. I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was a live Locked On Seminoles. We ball. (laughs) 